Welcome and thanks for listening to the Franklin Road Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. This podcast consists of the preaching and teaching from the pulpit of Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Our prayer is that what you hear from this podcast will bless and encourage your Christian life as you seek to follow Him. We strongly believe there is no substitute for being a part of a thriving local church. If you're in the Murfreesboro area, we'd love to have you join us any Sunday or Wednesday. But if you are enjoying this preaching from somewhere else, we want to encourage you to find a Bible preaching church where you can grow and enjoy the fellowship of other Christians. If you're listening to this podcast and have never accepted Christ as your Savior, we would love nothing more than to help show you how you can have your eternity settled and begin your relationship with God. Feel free to visit us in person or online at frbc.com for more information. Now let's see what God has for us from His Word today. Luke is no stranger to our ministry here. We just count Brother Luke, Brother David, home folk here. Many years ago, their parents, John and Donna Bishop, came and joined our church. And uh, we had known them for many, many years. They felt led to be a part of the ministry here. And uh, with that, we have been umbrelling for many years the Triple S Christian Ranch there. And we continue to do that. And then, of course, uh, Dave Bishop and his family came, and Luke Bishop and his family came. They joined our church and part of it. And uh, for 15 years now, uh, Brother Luke has been in evangelism and travels. And then just this past spring, am I right? This past yes, spring, uh, our church helped, uh, were helping them plant the Freedom Baptist Church there in Rosebud, Arkansas. We're really excited about that. We went over and chartered the thing, I think, back in April, I believe. I think they had nearly 80 on Sunday. Uh, they're having the on the camp, but they've already broken ground for a building, and God's just blessing them in a tremendous way. There's a great need for a ministry there. And I'm, I'm thankful that he's a preacher of the gospel, but I'm thankful for this man's friendship. Uh, I love him like a brother, he and his brother Dave. And I guess when I have never laughed so hard as I have in the presence of these two men. The men, <laughs> they just have a way. Years ago, I took them with me to Washington, D.C. They were pretending like I was, they were my bodyguards. <laughs> it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. You never knew what those guys were going to do. And I think they fooled a lot of people. They really did. But they were just country boys from Arkansas. Let's give a good Franklin welcome to Luke Bishop. Thank you, brother. Well, it's good to be here tonight and uh, everything. I'm going to set this to the side. Is that good there? Okay. And uh, everything. And so uh, Brother Norris, I believe, just keeps us around because we're his court jesters, I think is kind of what we are uh, more than anything. But uh, I am thankful to be here. Thank you, Clark family, for singing tonight. Did an excellent job. Luke uh, chapter number 18 and Luke chapter number 19 is where we'll be this evening. And uh, man, I'm just again uh, thrilled to be here tonight. I know you've had some great preaching already. And so probably not going to tell you anything you haven't heard before this evening. Uh, but I know this, we need the Lord. I'm thankful for our, uh, my family back home, number one. And so my wife and uh, uh, five kids are back home. They're probably in church. We're about to get out of church here in just a little bit. And uh, thankful for them letting me go. We just got home from Florida, preached a meeting down there and uh, got home on Monday night late, took care of some stuff yesterday, came here today and uh, everything. And so looking forward to men's retreat. Next week, got some men coming from here, and that'll be good. Just busy, busy, but I'm thankful to be here. Then I'm thankful for my church uh, to let me be gone. We got some great people there. And uh, so I miss being there. Looking forward to being there on Sunday as well. So uh, here we go. Luke chapter number 18. If you found it, say amen. 
Amen. And uh, again, we'll jump right in here. The Bible says there, verse number 25, where we're going to pick up. Verse number 25, for it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus just put it out there. Uh, it is easier, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man. And, you know, honestly, I think that sums up a lot of things in the United States. We need for nothing. Uh, very few people under this tent, physically speaking, really need anything. In fact, we could do with a lot less than what we have right now. And uh, I believe that is one of the biggest enemies of our Christians today is we feel like we don't need the Lord. Whether we say that with our mouth or we say it in our minds or not, we live like it. And so tonight, I just wanted to read that just to jump in. Skip over to verse number 35. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that he was come to uh, come nigh to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. Well, that's good words to hear right there. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before, rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And notice this, And Jesus stood, and he commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Chapter number 19, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Boy, I'm glad Jesus doesn't mind being the guest of a sinner right there. And the Bible says in verse number 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Boy, what a story we've read. What two stories we've read. One journey, two people whose lives were changed. Tonight, I just want to say to you this evening, while I'm taking off my jacket and getting ready to preach here in just a minute, that this evening, there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. Things don't happen just because they happen. Uh, things don't happen just because, uh, uh, just because it was a scenario that was laid out. There are no coincidences. Heavenly Father, I need you tonight. Lord, we need you under this tent. God, I, I've already heard it's been good up to this point. And Lord, I would hate to come to this night. And Lord, not be able to leave out of here with a desire. Lord, to see us to do something great in this church and in these people and these families and homes. 
So, Lord, I pray that you'd use me, fill me, empty myself. I love you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Amen. There are no coincidences. If we back up there in verse number 35, And it came to pass that as he come nigh unto Jericho, a certain man sat by the wayside begging there. So we see the story that Jesus here is traveling. He's on a journey. And as he's traveling on this journey, he is uh, uh, coming close to the place of Jericho. And obviously word has spread that Jesus was coming to town. And I'm going to tell you, whenever in those days they heard that Jesus was coming to town, when it was noised abroad, I'm talking about four started coming out. And did you know that today it is no different than it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking on earth? I'm just going to tell you, if there's a place where Jesus is settled in and the Spirit of God is moving, did you know it draws people in? That's what he does. In fact, the Bible says no man can come to him unless he draws them. So it's the Lord's business to draw people. That's what he does. So, So here's this crowd of people. The Bible says that this blind man was sitting by the wayside begging and and, uh, man, he had no way to live, uh, make a living. He had no way to provide for a family if he had a family. And as he sat there by the wayside begging, obviously there's a great noise that's coming from all the crowd of these people that are are literally around Jesus. And you know what's amazing to me is this, is I kind of picture this story kind of like when the woman touched the hem of his garment and he said, who touched me? And they said, Lord, everybody's touching you. What are, you, what are you talking about here? And he says, no, no, uh, somebody's touched me. I, I kind of picture that, that same scenario here as he's traveling into Jericho and the people are around and man, he hears the noise of the people coming and the blind man stands up and he begins to cry out. He says, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And as he began to cry out, the people in the back of the crowd who were probably trying to hear Jesus or whatever it was, uh, man, they they said, hey, man, would you shut your mouth? I want to hear Jesus. Man, they're going to say, hey, would you just quieten down? Uh, uh, Man, you're going to interrupt Jesus. We don't want to interrupt Jesus here. Uh, What are you doing? Hey, can I tell you something right now? When somebody is desperate to get God's attention... There's no naysayer that's going to shut them up. This man had a need that was greater than him. He'd probably been down every avenue that he could possibly go down to to see uh, if he could be healed or if he could fix his sight. But obviously, he was not able to do it. His need was so great that his care for man's opinion mattered not. What a lesson we could learn as Christians today. Did you know that's all the world wants us to do is just shut up? Would you just shut your mouth? Hey, I don't mind if you, if you, if you add call for Jesus. Just don't do it so loud. Would to God we'd have some Christians who just say, I'm all in. I don't care what the crowd says. I'm not worried about how many people are around. I don't care what opinion you have about me or about my people or about Jesus. I just know this. I need the Lord to do something in my life right now that I cannot do. You look around, we're in a mess. I mean, are we not? Hey, we were in a mess three years ago, just like we are today. We're just seeing fruit of decisions that have been made. But I can just say this. 
As long as Jesus is alive, as long as he is still breathing, by the way, he's alive and well. Can I tell you something? Hey, there's hope for revival. So don't try to tell me to shut up. Maybe I shouldn't say that word. I forget. You probably get on to your kids for that like I do. But I'm passionate about this thing. Hey, don't tell me to quiet down. I need something from God. There's hope. This is just a Bible study tonight. We'll get to the sermon in just a minute. He cried out, verse number 39, And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. And he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus, notice this, stood. Boy, I like that. You know that right there in verse number 35, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh to Jericho, Jesus was traveling. He was just passing by. He didn't stop for anybody else in the crowd who'd come out to see him. But when this blind man cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. When he cried it out so much the more, hey, Jesus heard a man who was genuine in spirit and genuine in heart that he had a need. And Jesus, it arrested the, the, uh, the, the uh, focus of Jesus and stopped him in his tracks. The Bible says that Jesus stood still. And I can tell you today, Jesus is passing by. And he wants to work in this tent. And he wants to work in this church. He wants to work in your home. Hey, guess what? He wants to work in your life more than you want him to work in your life tonight. Hey, he has greater things for your life and your family than you could ever dream up for your life. I'm just going to tell you, he's passing by. Wouldn't to God would have some people tonight that would just cry out to him and say, Lord, hey, would you stand still for just a moment? Because I need you. Amen. Would you just hold still? Jesus stood. Notice this. Jesus commanded. The same voice. The same voice that spoke the universe into existence was the same voice that commanded for him to come unto him. You ever thought about that? I can't wait to hear the voice of Jesus face to face. But you know what? I have the privilege of hearing his voice. He still speaks. He's still speaking. And guess what? His voice is not any less powerful than it was, well, not in his beginning, but in our beginning. He, he stood. He commanded. Verse 42, and Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. But notice in verse 41, saying, uh, What wilt thou I shall do unto thee? Isn't it amazing to me that they brought this blind man, I believe, stumbling to Jesus or holding him by his arm or leading him by his hand or whatever to Jesus, and they brought him there. And as he gets there face to face with Jesus, he can't see anything. He's not flinching at any movement. He's not impressed by the sight of Jesus. He just knows he got there because somebody led him there. Oh, that's good, by the way. I didn't even, this ain't even the notes because I don't have notes tonight. But I'm just going to tell you, hey. I love it that I got face to face with Jesus because somebody brought me there. Amen. We ought to thank God that there's somebody who cared enough to get me to Jesus. Amen. As a side note, back onto the sermon. 
They get him there. And you would think it would be the most obvious thing in the world. Wouldn't you? I mean, you think Jesus would just say, hey, I know what you need. I mean, it's a given. You're blind. I mean, that's going to be the one thing you're going to ask for, right? It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, what do you want? Really? What do I? You know what I want? Jesus wanted to hear the words. You have not? Because you ask not. Preacher, we need revival. This world is all messed up. You know what? Jesus ain't looking at the world. He's looking at you. We get all mad. I got to get preaching here. We get all mad at how the world's acting. Let me just throw something at you here. They're acting how they're supposed to be acting. They're lost. Man, this wicked abortion crowd, I, I tell you what, and man, these people over here and, and these drug addicts and these uh, alcoholics, and man, I'm just going to tell you, our world's in a mess. They're just acting like they're supposed to be acting. Problem is, we ain't acting like we're supposed to be acting. I'll never get at the world, mad at the world for acting like the world. Because if I'd given them the gospel and they'd been saved, they wouldn't act like that anymore. Jesus asked him, and when he heard the words, he says, Thy faith has saved thee. Now, chapter number 19, here's what we see. Jesus, he's passing through. Then the Bible says he gets to Jericho. He entered in and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was uh, the chief among the publicans, and he was rich, and, and he sought to see Jesus. So here it is. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. I'm not quoting Bible, but every one of you been in church very long. You ought to know this song. Hey, as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. There we go. Amen. That's what happened. Zacchaeus is there. He sees Jesus is coming through. He says, I've got to see Jesus. I've got to see Jesus. Now we're getting, getting to the sermon in just a minute. I've got to see Jesus. Uh, he was a sinner. He was chief among the publicans. Now let me just say this. I, I love this. Is that Jesus, he came into Jericho, a place that was a cursed place. I mean, it was cursed from the time that they walked around the walls and the walls fell. And, and these people are living here and they don't know any better probably. They, they really don't know what's going on, but, but they, maybe they were just raised there. And that's the way a lot of the world is. They don't know any better. They're just, they've been raised in a place where it's just wicked. It's just, and Jericho is a place that is cursed. And, and Jesus comes in there and this shows me this, that hey, Jesus is above any curse on any land or any problem that anybody would incur. Hey, I'm glad that day that I know that his hand is stronger hey, than the hand of any man and then any, any people or any, uh, any problems that we would come across and he comes into this cursed land and he finds Zacchaeus. You notice that word right there it said about him? It gives a description. He was chief among the publicans and he was, what's that word say? Rich. 
Hold on a second. Last chapter. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Zacchaeus, here's Jesus is coming. I got to see this man. I got to see this man. I've, I've heard so much about him. I, I've got to see this man. And, and he gets there and the crowd's too big and he runs ahead of where he thinks Jesus is going and he climbs up in a tree to see it. Hey, this rich man. And as he sees Jesus passing that way, hey, I love it today. Hey, there's no man. Hey, Jesus just said it in his words. And I'll tell you this, there's no coincidences. Jesus didn't just a few hours ago make that statement about a rich man. Hey, he knew that Zacchaeus was going to be in that tree when he passed through Jericho. And he knew that he was going to come to him and he was going to need a Savior. And I'm glad today that 2,000 years ago when he hung on Calvary and shed his blood for me, he knew that Luke Bishop as a 13-year-old boy was going to need that and he was going to be in that place that was going to need to hear the gospel that he might be saved. Amen. There are no coincidences. Jesus knew exactly what he was saying because here's the deal. Here's what I think. Disciples went everywhere Jesus went. And they went to his house. And he's a rich man. Rich men do not live in trash houses. Here's what I think the disciples were saying when they pulled up. Boy, I got this thing all messed up there. There we go. Well, they walked up the house. Whoa. Whoo. Look at this house. Man, he's got a five-stall garage right over there. Man, he's got a swimming pool out back. Son, this, whoo, son. This is a nice place right here. Then all of a sudden, in the back of one of their minds, it says, uh, those words just echo. It's easier for a rich man or for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It's easier for a, rich, for a camel to go th- than a rich man to enter. Look at this place. There's no chance. Man, I just heard Jesus say it. Uh, just, just a few hours ago, I just heard Jesus say it. And, man, here, look at this garage. Look at this house. Man, they enter into the foyer. Man, they got food ready for Jesus. I mean, the place is spread. I mean, look at this place. There's no way, no way. They hear the conversation go on. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, your house is saved. You're, you're saved. How did that happen? There are no restraints to the Lord, as the Old Testament says, to save by many or by few. He can do whatever He wants to. He can save however He likes to because He's God. See, that's the kind of God we serve. The Bible says that He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. Verse number 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, notice these words, Make haste. Hurry up. Come on down. Because I'm going to your house. Can I just tell you this? 
Delays are dangerous. Delays are dangerous. Had you waited the night you got saved, there's no guarantees you'd have had another chance. And tonight, as the Lord speaks to us, by getting into His presence, seeing God work, I just say this, delays are dangerous. Well, we've waited plenty long, haven't we? We need revival plenty bad enough, don't we? I say, why wait? Why wait? He ran to the tree, urgency. Jesus said to him, make haste and come down, urgency. Hey, he was all about getting to his father, to his future heavenly father, Jesus Christ. He was all about it. That was the only thing he was focused on. That was all he cared about. I've got to see this man, Jesus, because I know, I know that he can do for me what no man can do for me. I've got to see him. Tonight, I understand this. Listen, I'm not preaching a sermon. I don't even have, I don't even have stuff laid out. I'm just giving you what I feel like God wants me to give you tonight. There are two men who have one thing in common. Is they both had an unbelievable desire to get to Jesus. And when they did, when they did, it changed their lives forever. There's a third person I want to talk about tonight. Jesus... He was on a journey through Jericho, and on the way, he met a blind man. He stood, hey, and healed the blind man. Then when he got into Jericho, and he was passing through Jericho, he found Zacchaeus up in a tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come on down. I'm going to your house. And he saved him and his house. Jesus did a miracle. The third person I want to talk about is this. Where was Jesus going? Well, Jesus had a funeral to break up. That's where Jesus was headed. You remember that story about Lazarus? Uh, whenever he died, the Bible says that uh, there was Mary Martha. Man, Jesus heard about it. What did he say? He wept. Broke his heart. But when he got there, Mary and Martha and everybody was saying, Jesus... If you'd have just been here four days ago, man, four or five days ago would have made all the difference in the world if you, if you just would have been here. Lord, you just showed up a little bit late and, and now he's in the grave and, and his body already stinks and, and uh, he's dead. And man, I know he was your friend and, and I know he, and that you loved him and man, he dearly loved you. And Jesus, if you just would have been here. You know what I thought about is this. If Jesus would have just been there, blind man never would have had his sight. And if Jesus would have just been there, Zacchaeus never would have been saved. You know, sometimes we look at our issues and our problems and we're saying, Jesus, why aren't you here? Man, why, why didn't you... If you just would have been here. See, the problem is, is, is that we think Jesus ought to work the way that we have in our mind. 
Bottom line is, is Jesus' ways are higher than our ways. And, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And, and Jesus, he, he's got a time schedule that he works on. And, and it's not our time schedule tonight. And I just know this, that, that they probably didn't even know about Zacchaeus. And they probably didn't even know about the blind man. But they just knew about their problems and their issues. And many times we get so worked up about just our problems and our issues and what we need. When Jesus says, I'm coming and I'm going to take care of you. But there's a few things. Things I need to do along the way. As Brother Mike already said tonight, I, I don't know what it is that you have in your life this evening that you're saying, Lord, I need you to do something. I wish you were here right now. I need you to fix this. Maybe the Lord's saying tonight, don't forget about Zacchaeus. Don't forget about the blind man. You ever seen anybody who, I, I haven't seen many people whose lives have been more touched because of one illness that struck a man than my daddy. Now, I'm going to tell you, you see a man who prays to be healed every single day. But my, how many Zacchaeuses have come into his life that have been saved how many people have had a miracle of God worked in their life? Because <laughs> Jesus is on the way. Amen. We don't need to get all worked up about things because the Lord knows. Tonight, all three people had something that were in very, very much common. They all wanted Jesus. Think about that. Mary and Martha were desperate for Jesus to get there. Zacchaeus was desperate to see the Lord. And that blind man was desperate to be healed. Until we get in a place where we're in serious need, we'll never be desperate for the Lord and we will never see revival. We never will. There, there's just something about... The fact that God works well with impossibilities. <laughs> Blind man, nobody could heal, but Jesus did it. Rich man doesn't get saved, but Jesus did it. And a dead body that stinks from decay doesn't raise from the dead, but Jesus did it. Amen. Jesus works well with impossibilities. You know, I thought about this. Jesus does more on the way to the miracle. You ever heard that old saying, I want boys bigger than you on the way to the fight. That's Jesus. He was just on the way to do a miracle. And as he was passing through, while I'm here, let me do some work. Jesus does more on the way to the funeral. Don't look at your circumstances, but look at Jesus. We get so caught up in this world and how Jesus is going to do it. Can I tell you the how does not matter. It's the who. Amen. The key is, all these people were desperate for Jesus. Let me tell you this story and we're done. I was hearing a preacher the other day preaching. He said, I'm done. Give me a couple more minutes. I started my timer on my phone because preachers can do that because we're all preachers. And 
16 minutes later, he was done. I showed him my timer. I said, dude, you preached 16 minutes when you were done. That's talent right there, you know. So a lot of preachers lie when they're preaching right there. But had a, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter was in the room. She was playing. It's time to go to bed, put her in bed. Went to bed. She had this little toy that was a monkey. Man, she hit that button on that monkey. was playing with that thing, and it started making the monkey noises and playing this little song like a circus. And, and uh, went in there, corrected her, put her back in bed, put the toy up. Sat in there about five minutes later. Man, I, she hits that button. I hear that monkey and the noise. and It's getting late, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I'm ready to go to bed. Go in there, get the monkey, put it up, correct my daughter, put her back in bed. This goes on a couple more times, and by this time, I'm done. Like, I've had it. I'm ready to go to bed. You know, the tired you get, parents, you know, the grumpier you get, you know, and all that. And so I'm sitting in there just waiting to hear it, and I should have been hoping the best for my child, but I knew it was going to happen. And so, so I hear this, this toy go off again. Same toy. And by this point in time, I was 100% in the flesh, <laughs> and I enjoyed it every moment of it. You know, sometimes you get in the flesh and you get there, it's enjoyable for a season, you know. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm going in there and by George, I'm going to take care of business. When I get done taking care of business, I can promise you this child will not get this monkey out of this toy box again. And so I'm walking in there, man, like a man on a mission. I'm strolling in there and I built these benches for Christmas uh, that year so they could get up there and brush their teeth at the sink. And the kids had left it just kind of hung right out in the hallway just a little bit. Not enough for the sea because it was dark, but enough there that when I come walking by with that power walk, man, I hit it with my pinky toe. Literally, it felt like I ripped my pinky toe off. I fell to the ground. I was holding my feet uh, or my foot there and I'm like, oh man. And you know, my son, he was like a few months old and, and, uh, and Bobby, she was just a couple years old. And I'm laying on the ground. I'm like, oh, my toe. And, and Holland comes out on the landing and she's like, babe, babe, quiet. You're going to wake up the baby. I was like, I want the baby awake. I want everybody awake right now. Man, I, I just broke my toe off, you know, and, and uh, I'm, Bobby was sitting in the room scared to death because she knew something's about to happen here. And I'm telling you, I'm laying on, I'm hurting. And man, I just, I wanted everybody to know. Hey, listen, I turned in my man card and I was laying on the ground. Hey, just holding my foot, wishing I had some help. And it's amazing how when someone is in serious need, never ashamed to cry out. Somebody's drowning, they don't come up and whisper. When somebody's in serious need, just like that blind man, they're not worried about who tells them to shut their mouths. I need Jesus. Until we get to that place in our lives where it hurts enough and the desire is strong enough We say, God, I want your will more than I want my way. God, I just need you to do something in my life. I'm not praying for the world to change. I'm praying for me to change because, God, I need you. Until that happens, I'm not being a Debbie Downer. We'll not see revival. But that's what I pray for. There's a difference between praying and crying out to God. And tonight, I believe God's call to these people 
is to say, why don't you get down here faces before your, on your faces before a holy God in heaven and say, God, I don't care who hears. I don't care who says anything. I need you. I need you. Jesus, I love you tonight. Lord, I pray that you just help us. Not at all a wonderful message. Not, not, not a great outline. But Lord, just a powerful truth we need. I need you. And Lord, tonight I just pray that you just get a group of people, man, a band of people that just come down and say, I don't normally go to the altar. I don't normally move. But tonight just say, I don't care. I want God. I need God tonight. I need you. Jesus, help us tonight, please. I love you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. There's somebody tonight that says, Preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved. I don't know if I died right now where I'd spend eternity. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Listen, I'll not come to you embarrass you. I don't want to pray for you tonight. I'm not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Anyone like that? Anyone like that? Just lift a hand right now where I can see you. Anyone like that? How about it, Christian? How bad you need him? How bad you need him? So much the more, he cried out. And when everything inside of your flesh is saying, don't go to that altar, don't do anything different than you normally do, your soul and your spirit needs to say, so much the more. Hey, the more that my flesh fights this and the more that the world fights this, so much the more I need Jesus. That's the invitation. You just do the will of God. Jesus, help us tonight. Bless this invitation as only you can. In your name I pray. Let's stand with heads bowed.